searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch Please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. What's up, everybody? It's Mike. I'm here from the Pitch Please podcast. And today we're talking to Ben from Caboodle. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, but we're going to let him square us away. Uh, they're a solution to simplify home maintenance. I'm curious to learn more, as you always know. But before we do, we got to learn about Ben. Ben, welcome to the show. Start us off with a quick introduction about your role at Caboodle and a little bit about your background. Thanks, Mike. Uh, you, you did get that right. It's, it's Caboodle. So thanks for having me. Ben Bissett, founder and CEO at Caboodle. And we automate home maintenance. I'm born and raised from Sudbury, Ontario. Uh, a little bit about my background. So started up in, in the Great White North and uh, came down to... Hamilton to do some schooling in McMaster, uh, engineering and business. Let's say that didn't work out for me. So dropped the engineering side of things and ended up finishing a commerce degree back home at Laurentian University up in Sudbury and then made my way to Toronto with KPMG. So I'm an accountant by trades. I think I've had this entrepreneurship. It's almost as exciting as engineer, right? Yeah. I'm really picking very interesting, like cool careers to follow. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it, it, it was as exciting as engineering. And so I left literally the day that I, that I qualified for my designation. So that was, uh, that was a long three years. So, okay. And then you went, where'd you go from there? So from KPMG, I, uh, did a 180 and I managed operations for the flagship Canadian store for Louis Vuitton. So I was, I was like running, running that business for the, the Bloor street store, like the big store on Bloor street. That was, you know, kind of my first foray into the entrepreneurship world. I'd always kind of had this idea of being in men's clothing or, or starting a business like that. So I wanted to get to know what it was like um, and, you know, test it out in a very safe way and a great place to learn. And, and it's a good thing I did because I, I did not like retail at all. So that was, a, that was a fun learning experience, but I left, I left that, went back into the finance gig, um, Bank of Montreal where I was doing some consulting work in their private wealth group, um, eventually running a strategy portfolio for private wealth, you know, handling technology for the business, real estate for the business. And that's where I founded Caboodle and then finally made the leap to full-time in uh, 2018. Okay. Lots to unpack here. Like, I think maybe because it'll, it'll kind of get into like the where or why you are where you're at. But take me down the path of like, what brought you to engineering and business? Why the pivot to accounting? In there, you said it very briefly, but you were talking about this like, oh, you always had this idea that maybe you would work in the fashion space as an entrepreneur. Obviously, engineering and your accounting had nothing to do with that. So where did that thought come from? Like, just take me yeah. through like some of those, like, what were the pivots and um, so many pivots. And, and what kind of led that? Yeah, uh, like it was interesting. Yeah, so 
I think it starts like I I just grew up around entrepreneurs. Like my my whole childhood, I was I was in and around them. So my dad ran a you know a large laundromat, like laundry cleaning service that covered you know all of Sudbury, the largest one in in the city. Um, his father founded that before him. His mother was kind of like the brains behind the operation. So you know my dad's side is just full of entrepreneurs. His brother is an entrepreneur. My my cousin on that side started her own business in, in modular storage. You know, when I was young, she was running window cleaning businesses. So I was just kind of always seeing that growing up. I did the kind of like standard kid entrepreneur stuff. I was, I was, you know, on the paper route, kind of probably dating myself a little bit there. I was, you know, selling lemonade and chocolate bars and and you know, potato chips and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know. I remember being very young and wanting to take over my dad's business and wanting to do that. And, you know, kind of grew out of that specific business. He sold it. So that wasn't an option anymore. Um, and so, you know, getting into engineering was, was uh, you know, you, you'll note that I said engineering and business, right? So I went into engineering and business. Yeah. The business was kind of like easy for me. It, like I knew that that's what I wanted to do. The engineering was I just wasn't sure. I, I was good at math. I was good at science. You know, so I thought engineering would be cool. I could build something. I could build roads. I could I could create. I've always wanted to create. You know, I should have listened to Mrs. Delapenta, my guidance counselor, who said I was not going to succeed in, in engineering, but I didn't. And uh, so, you know, that's, yeah, that's how I got into that, that space. And then um, when I was, you know, politely asked to leave the engineering program because I wasn't really giving it my, my full effort. I knew business was the thing that I wanted to do and I, I didn't want to slow down. So I went, you know, instead of waiting to do it at McMaster, I went back home to Laurentian and just like plowed into that. And the accounting thing was, you know, me being willing to take leaps and just a friend saying, Hey, account, it's a great, it's a great field, but the salaries are great when you start. And, and so just kind of like, was willing to try it. And it was a good choice for me. Like the, the learnings were great. The career path itself wasn't great for me, but it's hard to beat that like learning of, about businesses when you're, you know, a junior accountant talking to CFOs and VPs of finance. So. Yeah. Like, and, and these are all, these are all good skills and good things. It's, it's interesting. And I wonder if like, now I think there's a few, um, more like entrepreneurship university tracks, but I'm guessing like I've always loved entrepreneurship, but I, at least when I was going to school, I didn't know of any that were, there's business yeah. and within business, you're like marketing or finance or accounting. Some places would have sales, but like that wasn't really it. It was almost like you had to pick these tracks. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, you've got, you, you've got this rich background of entrepreneurs around you. You sort of, before you went to university, knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur in some way. I guess the fashion piece maybe makes a bit more sense of some, what some of those businesses were. And then you went and, and it was fine. These pivots are fine. It's cool because I guess you learn, even, even though maybe it wasn't your favorite, I'm going to guess that there's some like ways in how you think that have been shaped by that engineering experience and then the business experience and the like now operation of a business. There's definitely things from like the accounting. So all these are like material experiences, but yeah, it, it's yeah. interesting that it, it's a, it's a good point. Like that 
you know, the things that I learned with engineering while I was there with business, they've, they've kind of created this foundation for me to, to build things. Right. And, and that's kind of what I've always like, you realize it as I get older, right? Like that's what I've always wanted to do is just build something that, you know, that exists that outlasts me. You know, I used to build things. I used to build kitchens. I used to create like physical stuff. That's why I didn't like the, the accounting work. It was me just looking back on, on what people were doing, but accounting engineering kind of gave me that process and structure to to create like systems that allowed me to be creative around the fun parts of the business right to like to to grow and grow and think about like these new ways to deliver services or experiences or things that weren't kind of like boring so um yeah it's you know everything kind of leads you leads you somewhere and uh i'm very grateful for my accounting background um it, it would be it, it would be interesting to to you know do it again and and see if taking that entrepreneur path from the start like how where i would end up like it's uh it's it was not open yeah, you to can't me. you can't re- you can't repeat that history yeah. but i think it all that shapes us now talk to me about this piece where like you had this sense that you'd be or imagine that you'd be some entrepreneur in the the world of retail and fashion potentially why did you feel like that and what changed when you were at louis vuitton that took you back off that path yeah i i don't know where specifically like the fashion piece of it came you know i loved growing up in sudbury it's you know it's northern ontario your your outdoors were were swimming were cross-country skiing snowmobiling you're outside you're you know you're very you're very outdoorsy but I, I, I kind of always knew I wanted to come to Toronto, like to come south, to go somewhere bigger, to like just live in a bigger city. And so I think, I think just early on, like we would take trips to Toronto for shopping and, and to get clothes. And that's where we would go to get our, mm. our school clothes. We'd go to Toronto. And, and so, you know, somewhere along the line, just a, a desire to dress nicely and how it made me feel good uh, started to cultivate. And so... Yeah, I just, for some reason, men's clothing kind of stuck. And it was, it was something that I was, I'd had in my head for a while. And I've had a whole bunch of ideas. I think most entrepreneurs had that men's clothing idea really stuck with me until I went into retail, worked at Louis Vuitton. Um, and, you know, once I got there, it was, it just, it's an, not that a, an entre- like a startup right now, my business right now is all consuming, but you know, retail especially is it's not nine to five. Like your evenings and weekends is, is when the business is being driven. It's, it's, uh, you know, very high service or high needs clientele when you're in like an upper end of retail. Um, and so, which is kind of where I, I pictured myself being like doing high-end men's clothing, suit wear, that kind of thing. And I just, I, I could easily picture my life being more about, you know, solving complaints for high net worth clients, buying my suits and, and dealing with a bunch of complaints as opposed to like creating something fun and, and, you know, enjoying myself. So it was, yeah, I was, I was there for a year. I was talking about like taking roles to you know, to do something bigger with the North American component of the business. 
So moving to the US or like New York or San Francisco and it just, uh, yeah, it just, my heart wasn't there. So good realization. Um, and you know, it probably saved you the first attempt at a startup that maybe you wouldn't have loved. And then you're in it and like, and we'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. But you have to really love what you're doing because if you don't, you're going to, you're going to get hit by all the downs real fast totally. and, and go a and different I'm, way. I'm such a, a entrepreneur book nerd. So I have read, you know, so many and the e-myth is like, obviously one that, that a lot of people remember, but for me, it was like, it was the message there that if you're, if you're going to start a business, like get into that business, learn how it operates before you start. And I think they, they use like the pie, the pie store story in, in that book. And so that was like me going to Louis Vuitton was finding that way to kind of de-risk moving into entrepreneurship. And, and it's great that I did because if I had, you know, started down that path and hated it, man, my, I would, uh, <laughs> who knows where you'd be, right? Yeah, for sure. So giving us like everything on Caboodle because we're going to do the pitch and we'll, we'll talk more about it. But I guess where, where was that segue for you? Was it something that inspired it? Was it something you were doing well at BMO? Because you did talk a little bit about you were working on some stuff related to real estate there. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was more around like the, the bank commercial footprint. Um, the other thing that has stuck with me early on, like the lesson I learned early on and always had in my mind was that they're not making more real estate. So buying homes, being a landlord, that is a, that is a fantastic way to build wealth, to build an income stream. So, you know, from a really young age, I had been looking at getting into being a landlord to, to, could I buy properties? Could I, could I rent them out? Could I make that a, a way to, to build passive income? Now, being a landlord is not passive income. So everybody should kind of like dispel themselves of, of that myth. But, um, you know, when I, when I, when my wife and I moved together, I was lucky enough to be able to, to start, um, start being a landlord. I had a property that we started renting out. So I started getting into that and, um, I just, I love the real estate space. I love the idea of like giving people homes. So I've always been thinking about that and, you know, being at the bank, I, I, been a landlord at that point in time for five years, we started to grow our portfolio. It was getting bigger. And I was just running into all of these issues with home maintenance and, and how to deal with them. And it was a pain. And so initially we kind of thought we were more thinking about the buying and selling side of real estate and how can we change that, disrupt that, and like make something cool and digital. We were lucky. We had really great advisors as we were going through it. And we just kind of realized that the maintenance space was like that key spot to, to start. It was this big pain point. Nobody was trying to operate in there. And it was a quicker path to revenue, which was really important to me as, a, as an accountant and as someone that, that watched my wife build a, a startup that, that had to follow that VC path. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of a, lot, a roundabout way, but like I, I've always been thinking about real estate and yeah, at the bank, it was just a great opportunity to start working on it when I was in a secure position. For sure. 
So you're like a dual dual founder household, is, or is your wife a, a business partner in Caboodle? Uh, we're a dual founder household. She has sold her her um, her startup, um, and so she's not involved. I mean, she's very involved in Caboodle. She's I have I have uh, benefited tremendously from everything that she learned going through her you know her startup. Um, so she's certainly like advisor number one and, and like the top advisor, but she's not in the day to day. Oh, but it, yeah. no, she's, she, she's exited. She, she's on the beach with the uh, daiquiris. Yeah, well, well, now, now it's your turn. She's done her part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if only that were so, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, oh, that's not how it works. That's what I'm sold. Yeah. That's what we're all, that's what we're all moving towards. So. You just get on exit, like all exits are equal. You just, you're done. You're retired. Daiquiri's at 22, right? Yeah. uh, She she calls from the beach every once in a while. Nice. Nice. Well, I think it's it's cool that um, she's gone through some of these things now to to kind of share some of the the thoughts and advice, or at least um, empathize some of the things that you're probably feeling and experiencing as you go through this. So let's learn about um, Caboodle. Uh, I'm going to want to hear your pitch, but before we do, like, what's what's the name? How did it how did it come up? Yeah, so uh, we're our our incorporated name is actually Our House Incorporated, and uh, we were pretty excited about that when when we started and and we named the company. There's like a bunch of fun songs that that have Our House in them, and so we thought that was going to be a great way to go. And then the lawyers. Uh, told us that it was too generic to to uh, put a put a pat or a trademark on. So we kind of we got into this frantic search for something else, and it was it was literally like me and and uh, my co-founder writing words on pages till we had you know like 300, 400 words on a page that tried to say something about what we were trying to do, and the whole kit and caboodle was, was one of the things that got onto the page. And so we really liked that idea of like building everything, something that's everything for your home. The whole kit and caboodle is a little too long. So we just went with caboodle and uh, did the cool like startup thing and dropped the E on it. And which causes all sorts of problems when you're, when you're trying to talk to people about it, but that's, that's how we got there. So it's caboodle is, is the, the whole kit and caboodle for your home. I love it. Well, you're on the show called Pitch Please, Ben. So now it's time to dive into Caboodle, the whole kit and Caboodle we're going to discuss today. So uh, let's hear your best pitch, please. So your home is the largest investment you're ever going to make in your lifetime. And it's also incredibly time consuming and complicated to take care of. But proper care and maintenance reduces the ownership costs, increases the value of your home when you sell it. So Caboodle simplifies managing your home by automating all the critical maintenance that that you need throughout the year and then helping homeowners navigate every single decision they face throughout the life of their home all with one single company to to help guide you through it that's super interesting so i want to i want to talk about this is it a tech forward type solution um and and if so uh, maybe you can educate us on on this space a little bit. Like it sounds to me on on jump, like you're helping with what some people might be thinking is you know a handy man or handy woman yep. service, 
and you know, oh, I've got a, a cleaner or lawn maintenance, or I can find them on Kijiji. So unpack that a bit for us, and then that way we'll talk a little bit about why uh, Kabuto is unique in this scenario. Yeah. So so we say we're we're a very tech enabled home service business, and we love that. Like the 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 fact that your home needs someone there to do stuff is is great for us. We're not going to be disrupted by AI. No one's, you know, robots aren't coming to take take that work away in our lifetime, at least. And the home services industry is just like this, this mess of siloed small businesses all operating in their own little niche, whether it's plumbing, roofing, electrical, handy person. And and as a homeowner, you need, you know, 12 to 15 relationships to manage everything that's going on in your home. So it's, it's really difficult and time consuming. And the reality is like our homes are getting more complicated. People don't have the time required to take care of it. And homeowners are just like really ill-equipped to know what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it. So there's this big problem just in like understanding how you're supposed to care for your home. So Caboodle is, is tech enabled in that the way that we deliver our service is our team goes into your home and we start by creating this digital profile of your house. So we are capturing everything that's in your home, uh, your systems, appliances, structures. We're getting the make, the model, the serial number on all of that stuff. And then we're using our platform to pull from our library of maintenance routines, recommendations to build you a customized user manual for your home. So we go into your house and then when we come out of it, now you get this user manual for your home, which doesn't exist, right? Like you buy a home and it's, you know, once you're handed the keys, it, you're off on your own to go search Google and find checklists and, and figure out how to do it, right? Um, so yeah, or, or at best, if you bought it off someone, they've got like some hand scribbled notes or a stack is it just me or does everyone have like that stack of user manuals that are like, <laughs> actually, I don't know where they are, your, yeah. but I know they're somewhere and they have instructions for that one damn part that breaks on the fridge. And then you're like, I don't even know the serial number on the fridge. So you're telling me people don't need that stack as much anymore because yeah, well, know, it and, sounds and, like you bring it all who's together. who's ever looked at that stack, right? Like it's probably a dish, Nobody. dishwasher I don't know that is. actually got replaced when they were selling the home. And none of it really tells you when anything needs to be maintained. And every single thing in your home has this maintenance routine about it. Your TV comes with a user manual. Your iPhone does. Like, why doesn't your biggest investment? And, and your home is this, is this amalgamation of all these complicated systems that all have their own maintenance routines, right? So, so, so that's, you know, the first thing that we're doing and, and that's we're used we've built this digital platform to enable that to enable our team to go and build that profile of your home and then you get this dashboard and you, now you're able to manage your home the maintenance all of it through this dashboard you know engage with our team um, but we wrap in the actual service side of this so once we've done that we build you a routine and then you choose, you know, all the key maintenance that you want taken care of regularly, and we put it on a single subscription for you. So you're paying a set fee for the month, and now your furnace maintenance, your AC, your eaves trough cleaning, window cleaning, dryer vent maintenance, like all of this stuff is taken care of regularly. So you know your home is in good shape, and you've got like an expert to come to no matter what issue happens. 
So, and, and because we've got this catalog on your home, when you have issues, we can, we're so much better prepared to help a homeowner fix it. We can diagnose remotely. We can help you troubleshoot without stepping foot in your home. So you're, you know, you can fix things without incorrect costs. You're just, you're getting this really high end property management service at you know, very reasonable um, fees. Interesting. I think what's most interesting about it is, um, and I imagine this is something you hear all the time. So maybe, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. Don't most people just call people when shit breaks? You're talking about proactive. And so I think that's like this mental change for people. Is that like a barrier? Is that a, hey, listen, you're in the driver's seat, so you can just wait till things break. But we're going to make you aware of the things that could break. It's sort of like the car, right? I think about what you're talking about, and it reminds me so much of like when you buy a car. And that one, people follow a little bit more religiously, right? Or like they'll at least call you and let you know like, hey, at 10,000 kilometers, like your oil needs changing. And we recommend spark plugs. And like, I don't need spark plugs until like one blows through the hood of the car. And you're like, okay, well, like we made you aware. The next time you show up, hey, uh, by the way, you're double over your spark plugs. Like we might not even be able to get them out at this point. Uh, like, do you want to do them? So it sounds a lot like car maintenance in that you've brought together all of the things that people should be doing and you make them aware. Yep. You can help dispatch those services, I guess, through a network and we'll talk about it. Um, but do they have to do these things? Like, how does that component work? Because I imagine people are waiting till the bitter end of when they need to do them. Absolutely. Like the car is a great analogy. And, and your home is like 40, 50, 100 times more valuable than your car, but there's no set maintenance routine for it, which is, which is crazy, right? Now, we are fighting against like human nature, essentially, in, in trying to get people to do preventive maintenance. Like We all know that we should put down the beer, the extra beer, the forest beer. We should go to the gym. Like We, we know that there are these things that we should do for better outcomes in our life. But we're like creatures of immediate gratification or, or like deferral of pain, right? So yeah, a lot of people do wait. And that's how we get a lot of clients, right? Is that they've waited, something bad has happened. We come in and we fix it. And then we say, well, hey, like, weren't you doing this? Clearly you weren't. What about all the other stuff in your home that has a schedule just like this? Yeah, wouldn't you feel more comfortable? Wouldn't you be less stressed out if you knew that that was all being taken care of? And if you knew that, you know, the next time your furnace breaks in February and it's minus 30, you know exactly who to call because that person knows everything about your home and is like ready to solve it right away. So we are fighting an uphill battle, sort of, on that. We, you know, that's where we partner with people that, that bring us into homes, especially when... Uh, new homeowners are moving in, like that's a great time to get people understanding what's involved in their home and and taking care of something that they just paid for. Yeah. And it sounds like you possibly can start this journey with a one-time service need and then convert that to a broader guide of what might be needed. So is that sort of um, how you started? Was it Hey, when you have a service need, we've kind of got like a, a Rolodex of all of the right people. People are like, what the hell's a Rolodex? Shit. I mean, a, a list of all the people you can call whenever there's challenges across your home and, and you've built up that roster. 
and then you go from there? Or is that sort of like by exception, you would call Caboodle for like a one-time service request? No, that's, I mean, that is, that's kind of how we started the business. Like we've, we've come to this place where we're an integrated subscription service and, and most of the services, like we're vertically integrating the services we deliver to. So HVAC is our team, handy person is our team. And, and so like, we want you to think about doing all of this stuff, but if somebody comes to us with a problem, we're happy to help solve that because it's, it's an opportunity to demonstrate the benefits of, of getting ahead of that stuff. So people start with us all the time, you know, fixing a broken furnace or, or repairing a leak in their home. And then, you know, they may or may not move right away to a full subscription, but we're very happy to start them off in, in that way. And, you know, realtors are, is the other way that people start engaging with us. So we're into their homes as, as part of that closing process. And they're seeing the benefit of our digital plans, your user manual. And once we've got people in our ecosystem, they, they tend to not leave. So once you see how home maintenance can and should be, they're, they're very slow to, to walk away from what's uh, a much better experience. Let's talk about that piece a bit. So who, who is this ultimately for? Who is the, the buyer? Is it always the homeowner? Um, maybe there's channels. You're talking about realtors. So I imagine realtors, like maybe this is like a, a gift for their clients or, or developers. Maybe this is like included one year or maybe those are just channels, but ultimately it's the homeowner. But who, who ultimately is this for? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Ultimately... The services for the homeowner, the occupants of the home, whoever is going to live there, that's who benefits from it most. We, we do have a few different partner channels that bring us into, into homes, and that's how we meet people. So realtors are, are a big one for us. Um, you know, as part of their a typical uh, purchase transaction, realtors are, are usually buying a closing gift for their clients. Usually that's something kind of, cookie cutter and, and maybe not all that personable, maybe not all that valuable to, to the homeowner, you know, bottle of wine or a gift card that, that they use and forget about. Realtors will use us to build that digital profile. And then it's something that's like valuable to everybody and it stays with them as long as they're in that home. Builders are another, like another interesting avenue for us. They, they will use incentives to get people to buy new developments. So not something we're we're doing at the moment, but like conversations we're having. And we have a great partnership with, with and I'll, I'll plug them because they're fantastic. They're helping homeowners with a company called Arboro. So it's a co-investment platform, you know, living in Toronto, like buying real estate here is really expensive and a lot of people can afford it, um, but, but can't afford the down payment. So Arboro, our partner, will, will help them with that. And then they bring us in to help those homeowners um, manage their home. And, and that investment. So a few key channels for us to, to bring in new clients and, and serve that eventual homeowner. That's cool. Well, let's talk about how it works a little bit. So you talked about this, like, I don't know if it's like an audit process or review process. You come in, you get that. 
Um, then I get a, a dashboard. You were saying, I don't know if that's a, is a web dashboard or like this is on what, my phone. Yeah, it's a web dashboard. Um, right. Talk now. to talk to us about that, and then everything after that, right? Because it sounds like that that sounds, by the way, super interesting. Like that audit, right? It's like getting someone your energy efficiency in your totally. home. But you're like, hey, all the manuals that don't exist. Like, what do you need to know about this place? that could possibly go wrong or you should be yeah. doing. That's valuable, but talk to us about everything around that. Yeah, it's so uh, it, it's like a home inspection, right? Let, that's essentially what we're doing. We're not we're not home inspectors at the moment, you know, as as defined by the act, but we go into the house and we go through every single thing a home inspector does and then some to create this digital profile for your home. So so once we've built that that educates the maintenance routine keeps the homeowner informed about what's going on. And they, they add whatever they want to include in their regular maintenance subscription. So that's the prevention routine maintenance side of things. You set that and then you kind of forget about it, right? Our, our team manages all the maintenance as, as you go through the year, we book it, you know, we show up, we do the work, your dashboard gets updated and, and everything's kind of working well. But homes tend to throw problems at people. So we are also there to help our homeowners with repairs. And so when, a re when something goes wrong in your house, you can use whoever you want to take care of your home. It's your home. We're a service provider. But we always want our clients to call us first because so many problems in your home have these really simple solutions that don't require a, an expert to come in and fix it. And so Furnaces are a fantastic example, like nine out of 10 service calls for, for issues with a furnace relate to airflow. And the solutions to airflow problems are typically <laughs> change your furnace filter and, and make sure that your air intake is cleared up. And so before, you know, we charge somebody $150 to come out and do a diagnostic on their furnace, we, we run through the issues that are specific to their furnace, because we look up the model serial number and we try to solve it for them. That's free. That's all part of their subscription it, that's included in the service. Um, so, you know, trying. That, that's like super handy, actually, though, because you're like before calling and spending money, it's sort of like Googling or YouTubing the answer. Yeah. But, you know, their specific home. So you can at least provide a little bit of a double click. On like, you know, why is my ice machine not working right. for the fourth time this year? Yeah. And it's, it's like calling tech support, right? Like what's the, like every time you call tech support, it, like question number one is. Did you unplug it and plug exactly, it back in? Right. And your home has very similar things like that. And we will walk you through that with your furnace. Sometimes there are simple solutions to a lot of the problems in our home and we don't want people like that, that's not how we want to make money. We're with our clients for long periods of time. So we want them to solve the things they can on their own. And we want to be there with them for the big things, right? And that's like, that's the other part of how we're helping homeowners is the improvement and renovation space. So if you, if, if a caboodle client has a furnace breakdown, one, we know the age of it. So we can tell you right away, well, it's 20 years old. So like, we shouldn't even really bother at this point trying to repair it. It's just time for you to replace. It's way beyond its useful life. You're throwing good money at bad. But we can quote that over the phone. We can have a, like a fixed price for somebody on a replacement and a multiple multitude of options in three minutes because we've got everything. And you contrast that to any other HVAC company. 
they're sending out a technician. They need to look at it. You know, if you're following the best practices, you're, you're getting three quotes on that, right? Um, which most people don't do, by the way, but it's just, it's a slower experience, right? So we know everything about your home. So when we're, when we're helping with renovation. The, the worst part is, the worst part is, as you're saying this, I'm like, yeah, I know I got to change my furnace at some point, but <laughs> then you're like, oh, I was 20 years old, useful life. I'm like, shit, I don't know how old my furnace is, but if I could open up Kabuto right now, I'd know exactly and then, how old that furnace yeah, is. And then we'd be telling you right now, like, hey, it's okay. So yeah, you need to replace your furnace, but have you ever considered a heat pump? Because we can get you 7,500 bucks back from the government right now to go to a more energy efficient uh, green solution for your home, right? So we, we have this ability to deliver better experiences on improvement projects, HVAC is one of them. Like that's an easy one, but we we deliver that through renovations, through roof replacements. Like we are full service, and and you want someone who knows your whole home dealing with that kind of stuff, right? Because if we're coming in to do a toilet replacement, well, Kabuto also knows. You know, there were a couple of other recommendations we made that you that weren't urgent, but like you should do them when a plumber's in the house, right? And and we know. The whole home, mm. so it's it's a it's a much better experience. We think it's it becomes a more cost efficient experience as well. That's interesting. I, I like the concept of while we're there, we know proactively a couple of the other things that are related and the efficiency that brings. Yeah. What are the things that Caboodle covers? Like, are we talking? You, you talked about a plumber. Yeah. I heard like furnace, um, like lawn maintenance or is that like out of spectrum talk to us like what is in scope what isn't in scope today or maybe you can even share a roadmap of like what you'd love to include yeah at some point? so so there there's there's no request we've received yet that we haven't we haven't been able to deliver some answers to clients on um now what we do you know what you can include in your subscription is a bit pared down but it's all the recurring things that happen in your home we don't include at the moment uh lawn care snow shoveling or like house cleaning services those would be like three things that a lot of homeowners use it just logistically it's a it's a complicated one to, to get involved in it's you know it's somewhere we'll where we will be like we see caboodle as being that central place to manage everything in your home. Um, but on the subscription side, anything that you do regularly, you can include. And on the repair and improvement side, uh, we we haven't really run in yet to the thing that we were just weren't willing to help a homeowner out with. Solar panel installations, roof replacements, pool maintenance. Like it's, you know, that's that's the value that we're bringing to people is that, you know, you might come across something that you don't know how to deal with we might come across something we don't know how to deal with. You might as well let us and our expertise go and figure out what the best solution is for you um, because we'll do that and then we'll we'll be able to help other homeowners uh, more effectively in the future. I like it. Well, talk to us maybe about um, how you make money. Uh, it sounds like there's a subscription, but you're bringing a whole bunch of these like integrations under one roof. So it sounds like you can extend your capability, but... Is everyone uh, uh, an employee of Caboodle or you've just built partnerships because that way you've got like a, a wider spread of these things, but you vet everyone. And then where do you make kind of money in the process of all yeah, this? Yeah. So we make it in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, the, the first is our subscription 
platform. So that's bundling all the services into your home. How we deliver that is is a mix of Caboodle employees and and subtrades that we use. So right now, you know, Caboodle will cover like all the major things inside your home. We'll partner with people to deliver, you know, really transactional jobs that are lower in cost. So window cleaning, eaves trough cleaning, that kind of thing. Uh, so we are building this this group of vetted trade people that work with us. That's the only way you can really service everything, right? Like you can't you can't build an integrated service business with every single trade under the sun. You want to focus on the core ones, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, uh, renovation. So, so that's how we're doing it. Uh, we negotiate discounted rates because of volumes on our on our sub trades. Our, our clients pay the market rate on it, and and we earn on that spread on the things we deliver ourselves. We earn margin, you know, based off based off our our team and our our labor costs. Um, and with repairs and improvements, it's it's very much the same story, but they're one time items. So we quote somebody on a repair; it's a fixed cost. Depending on what the job is. It might be our team delivering it, or it might be a trade, but it's or a sub trade, but it's the it's the same thing. We're either making uh, you know a small spread from a sub trade because of a negotiated volume pricing, or we're making margin off of you know, having employees and and delivering that service at a market rate. So super cool. It sounds like every single uh, mortgage loaner. Or lender should be including this to protect their uh, ultimately their investment if it ever ends up being theirs on a default. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they they're they're all in on this too. So it's kind of cool that you're like protecting that. So maybe maybe you got to go back to knocking on RBC's door at some point if you're not already there. It's, it's funny that you say it. Uh, I mean, insurance is the is the was the most obvious yeah, thing yeah. for us because there's huge claims mitigation component to our business and and our ability to reduce risk. So, you know, 90% of, of flood damage in a home is preventable. You know, we're in looking at your fixtures. We're looking at the connections to, to your house. We're helping you reduce that risk of, of water damage, right? So insurance companies and, and insurance brokerages were like the initial partners that, that we started speaking with. But, but yeah, mortgage lenders, like the monoline lenders, they make a lot of sense and, and they will they will uh, purchase, you know, incentives for their clients as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So where where are you guys at? Like how, what regions can I get Caboodle in? Where are you on, on this journey? Um, and, and talk to us a bit about that. We're, we're operating in the GTA. So yeah, we, okay. we cover, you know, all the way out to Bowmanville, Aurora and, and Burlington. Um, our, our partnership has, has brought us, our partnership with Arboro has, has tiptoed us into Hamilton and Kitchener, Waterloo. So, so we're, we're starting to operate in, in those markets in a, in a slightly different way. Um, but that's where we are right now. We're, 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 you know, we're past the product market fit phase of our, our journey. Like our clients love it. And we're really moving into this this fun growth phase of it. So, you know, we're going to be growing a lot here in Toronto um, in in the next year, in the next two years. But we 
we really do see this as a business that has value across North America, um, whether it's you know this full service business that we're offering right now, or it's our technology platform that's helping to deliver something modified. Uh, that's that's where we're headed. What are those plans, sort of, for the next year, two years? You said you know you've got some ambitious goals. Um, you, you've passed product market fit. What was sort of that year to two years out sort of looking like? Yeah, so so we are focused, uh, like laser focused on on partnerships in this coming year. So uh, we mentioned it. Like realtors love us. We work really well with them. So our our main priority right now in 2024 is building out those relationships, getting into a, a lot more homes. So we want to add, you know, over a thousand <clears throat> new home profiles onto our platform in in this year. More than double our our business in terms of our top line revenue. Um, that's that's where we're going this year, and it's uh, it's a similar story for for 2025. So we're, we're probably not expanding, you know, beyond Toronto uh, until late 2025, but it's a, you know, our unit economics make a lot of sense. Our business is still relatively small where, you know, we're a team of four. Um, we'll, we'll cross that, you know, into that seven figure uh, category this year. But um, yeah, we got, we got a lot of fun growth coming in, in the, in the next year. Good for you. That's uh, it's an impressive milestone. I think it's important to equally have the unit economics as you talked about. It's the now more than ever, me, right? it's important to build sustainably. Yeah. No, but it's so critical, right? Like now more than ever, the whole concept of fundraising, A, if you can bootstrap, which are, are you guys bootstrapping? We are, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can bootstrap and even if you can't, if you go around knocking for money right now, people are going to ask, is this business profitable? Yeah. Not is it a good idea? And is there a bunch of users that might use it one day? Like you actually need to demonstrate you can make money here. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you're, you're doing that. Yeah, well. And we talked about it. Like that's the benefit of, of me, you know, being, a in the passenger seat while my wife, Natalie built her business. Like I saw her go to, to venture cap firms, like to angel investors, they were pitching, you know, they were pitching a, a, a female centric, a preg pregnancy health, um, business that like is still needed in the market, but, you know, pitching to men eight years ago and it just like falling on deaf ears. And, and, um, you know, I just saw the position that puts you in as a founder in, in having to make decisions to keep your business going. And so we, you know, not that we're there yet. Right. But take choosing this path, bootstrapping, um, it's allowed us to make some kind of crazy decisions and keep growing and keep control of the business. Like we had an, we had an acquisition offer like really early on and it made a ton of sense. Um, but it, it just wasn't, you know, it, it, it didn't make financial sense to me given that we'd like invested in bootstrapping this business. And we had that flexibility to kind of make different decisions because we didn't need to hit somebody's targets around, you know, what our top line revenue was going to be. So it's, that's good. That's cool. Yeah, I like hearing some good good bootstrapping uh, stories of people being successful. Um, ben, uh, you know, we've kind of covered a lot here, but one thing we haven't really talked about, and it sounds like you've got experience both from your own journey and from your wife's, 
what's like some advice from this this journey that you think is like useful for others? I think there's the general ones of like it's never too it's already too late to start. Start now, don't wait. But you've got like so many of these rich experiences and like bootstrapping, the A versus B, the pivots, the unit economics, like these terms of things that maybe haven't come up in some previous podcasts. I'd love to hear like anything that you're like, listen, if I'm starting a business. This is this is critical to think about and, and don't overlook it. Yeah. It so I don't remember where I heard this, so I can't credit them, but like it has stuck with me my whole career and it's it's like the cornerstone of how I make decisions. And so there are only two reasons that you're crazy enough to go out and start your own business. And it's it's power or it's money. Those are the only two reasons to start a business. Both of them are fine. If, if you are doing this for power, that's fine. If you are doing it to make gobs of money, that is totally fine. You just need to know which one of them you're in it for because that is going to inform all the decisions you make going forward. I got into entrepreneurship for power. It's Now, power is kind of like a, a dirty word, but it, it, was, it really means control, like the ability to control my destiny, to control and build something that that would deliver value to a bunch of people, to all the stakeholders. So that was what was it most important to me. I believe that doing that will bring me lots of money. That's great. But like the, the real driver was power. And if you don't know why you're doing it, if you're not clear on that, you're going to make the wrong decisions and, and you're going to find yourself in, a, uh, in uncomfortable spots. That's fair. It's it's super important to know why you're doing it. And it's funny because as you're saying it, like the double click on it makes sense because it was like power is like, that's like what, oh, I want this to be global. But it sounds like also it's like you want to be in control of the solution as well. And I imagine so many people who, you know, start something because the problem was so great and they didn't see a solution and they were impacted. Maybe money was the motivation, but in those times, it's power. It's power to have an impact and a change on that thing. Yeah. And to your point in the other scenario, some people are like, I need the bees. Uh, yeah, it'll be great if it impacts people, but like they've had like seven different companies they've built. So, you know, the reality is that they're probably in different industries. So it, they're probably on the money side and that's okay yeah. too. But having clarity on that, to your point, will inform your decision. So I really like that. That's a fresh perspective. Yeah. Well, thanks. And and it's, uh, I mean, I think I see it a lot. Like people, you know, you don't want to get into a position where you start a business for power and then you're, you're fundraising. And now, now, you know, you've got somebody else around who's in it for money. And that's okay. It's fine to be in it for the money. But uh, once you've got, you know, angel dollars, venture cap dollars, um, you know, you're, you're, you've got a, you've got a different thing to, to answer to. Right. And and they're not in it for your power. They're, they're in it to make money. So you, you're, you're going to find yourself being pretty upset with where you are. I think. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Ben, thank you for joining us today. This has been super interesting and cool to learn about. I think the concepts of like maintenance and proactive maintenance around your home but also reactive solutions all one platform i love this like audit package and the the platform capability um if people want to find out more where where can they go uh to to find out more about caboodle or or sign up yeah so they can they can find us at caboodle.ca so c a b o o d l .ca 
they can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. So Ben, Ben Bissett, B-I-S-S-E-T. And those are the two best places to find us. Cool. And I always ask because you never know who's listening, but, and I think I know your answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway, in the year ahead, um, if, if the perfect person's listening, what are like the one or two areas that you and the Caboodle team would love a helping hand an introduction or something that's going to help you move faster on your startup journey, right? There's helping people with money, yeah. uh, you know, money and power, but there's helping people with money, but you know, the, the best way oftentimes to support startups is with your time introductions or some other advice. So what what is that for you guys? Yeah. Right so, well, first, if, if you're a homeowner, like check us out. There's a, there's a better way to take care of your home in a simpler way. Uh, so so do that for yourself uh, and for us. Uh, but if you you know if you're a realtor, if you know a realtor, if uh, you're looking for a better way to service your clients uh, at the end of the transaction to give them something that's valuable, reach out to us. Our you know our service has a ton of value, especially for new homeowners, realtors. We save them a ton of time too, because they, they end up being these de facto free property managers when they sell a home. So, you know, Caboodle can get you out of that and, and make you look good all at the same time. So uh, introduce us to to your realtors or or reach out to us directly if, if you are one. Yeah, or if you're a brokerage, because then you can help all the realtors under your banner. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Ben, uh, thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, super cool product that you guys are building. Amazing progress. Excited to see you guys continue to grow and impact this space. Any closing thoughts or words on, on your side before we wrap up tonight? No, just thanks for having me, Mike. I, I had a lot of fun. and It was a, it was a great time. Sweet kitten caboodle. All right. Well, thanks everybody that joined in. Hope you had a blast uh, listening to Pitch Please again and make sure to join us on the next episode. Have a great night, Ben. You too. You've been listening to the Pitch Please podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca and make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.